You're listening to the Two Biz Chicks podcast. Each week, the hosts Linda Rawson and Jennifer Raymond entertain you with real life stories that are guaranteed to empower, enrich, and enlighten. The Two Biz Chicks are the CEO and Vice President of a successful business, Dinah Grace Enterprises. Now, let's get to the show with Two Biz Chicks, Linda and Jennifer. Hi, I'm Linda Rawson, and I am with Two Biz Chicks, along with Jennifer. Hi, I'm Jennifer Raymond. And today we have the special honor to interview Elizabeth. And she, I've known Elizabeth for years, and she's just really an impressive icon, I feel like, in the Hispanic community as far as coming to this country and making a success. And so inspirational to so many people that she meets, especially uh, women in business. So, Elizabeth, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for the invitation, Linda and Jennifer. Um, A little bit about myself. I I was born and raised in Mexico um, until the age of 14. I came to the United States uh, at that time with my oldest sister. Uh, Like I said before, we crossed the desert at that age. Uh, uh, And I recently found out that, in fact, I... I know that we had been helped by other people, but by the time we actually had to do the crossing, we did it by ourselves. So um, I come from a very impoverished uh, place in Mexico where there is really no law. And so um, women get taken advantage of, like everybody is just struggling to survive for the next meal, for the next food. Um, you know, you have to raise your own food pretty much if, if, if you can, right? And so I, I come from a mother, a single mother of four, and it was very difficult for her to, to raise us, uh, growing up because there were very little resources for us. And, and so I came here, obviously not speaking the language at all, um, not having any money, coming from a very poor situation. I lived in a house, in a two bedroom house, one bathroom with about 21 male immigrants. I used to sleep in the corner of the house. And I remember just having like my clothes in a in large plastic bags, those trash bags. I would have put my clothes there, take whatever I needed to go to school, go to school and come back. And it was actually uh, shocking to me to come from a place where, you know, in a way that sense of, uh, of that community allows you to kind of become closer to your family. And then come to a place where it was not so much the case where everybody drives and, yeah, I remember seeing a water faucet and not knowing what it was. I remember like the first time I saw one, I was like, what is this? And not washing my hands because I didn't know how to use it. Um, even like bubble gum that was like different colors and stuff. So a lot of things um, I remember not even, even wanting to go to the bathroom because I didn't know if that was the girl's bathroom or the boy's bathroom. I could quite see a picture, but I'm like, what if I go there and it's not there and somebody asked me something and I don't speak English. (laughs) It was a whole ordeal. Um, So, and then going from that to opening a business to owning uh, multiple uh, real estate property, you know, to uh, just doing a business in real estate uh, from living in this country for over 20 years undocumented and being able to find ways to continue and to succeed and to um, knowing that I was I was told that I was different, knowing that every time I got pulled over by the police, 
I, I, I was so fearful to get sent back to my country, knowing that um, I could get deported anytime, not, not being able, not feeling able to call the police, not even able to go to a bar because I didn't have an ID to go to a bar here, you know, in the state that I live in and living a different life of fear and panic all throughout, but still making it, still telling myself that even though the first time I walked into the city building, uh, being extremely fearful about getting deported and like feeling the panic in my body and still be willing to go in that building uh, to the unknown of the building, knowing now that it's just walking into any building. But back then it's like, oh my gosh, it's a big deal. Because other immigrants tell you stories about how if you go into that building, you may not come out. <laughs> you know? Immigration is going to take you back. And so I went into that building and I wanted to uh, get a, a business license for cleaning because that's that was my, my first business. And I remember the lady saying, oh, let me let me just take your ID. I'm going to go in the back. And I about run out of that place because <laughs> I'm thinking this is where she's going to call immigration, right? <laughs> and so I was like, but I was too shy to keep running, like to just walk running. And so I stayed and I'm like, okay, I'm just waiting. I'm literally just waiting to be sent back, right? I'm like, okay, the police is going to show up at some point and I'm just going to be taken back. And I kind of like, just gave up. I'm like, okay, this is it. And then the lady comes back. She hands me my ID bag and she's like, you're going to get your license in two days. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh, no immigration is coming. So I thought that they're going to go to my house. <laughs> and for the longest time, I'm like watching to see if they're going to come for days, but they didn't. And so that's kind of my story of just, just going through all these things that it would have made it very difficult for people. You know, I bought my first house while I was undocumented. I learned ways to buy property without, uh, without needing documentation, figuring out ways, asking other people, acting, following up, doing what other people were doing. And, and, you know, going as a woman, as in my personal life, going through a lot of, um, very abusive relationships, right? On one side, I was being very successful at my businesses. And on the other side, I was living a lot of pain in my own personal life. And that combined for me to be very compassionate and understanding and, and just understanding a lot of things in life and finding my spirituality, finding what, what's really meaningful for people. It's not the money you make, obviously. We know that, right? It's really the people that are around you. It's like learning to love. It's those little moments that you have with a friend while you're having a drink. I appreciate those moments more than anything I've ever, in anything in life. So that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really inspiring. That was a really great story. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it's just, Elizabeth, I, I want to uh, tell about... My, one of my favorite stories about you is how you actually started your cleaning business and how you went door to door. Yes. And um, wrote these people into a fictitious schedule. <laughs> yes, I, I forgot that actually. <laughs> that is so true. So I needed to clean houses, right? And I didn't have any clients because I just had gotten my life. That goes with that story about the license. And so I would go with my mom with a bucket and a mop, and a mop, right? Mop, yeah, mop and a bucket. 
uh, we used to just go to actually the area that I live in today. So, you know, here in Bountiful, where the golf course is, um, there, there were just houses of, you know, what I thought is rich people. So we got to go there because the rich people are going to pay us. <laughs> and so I would go with my mom and I would go just knocking on doors and just asking people if they wanted cleaning. And likely enough, people would open the doors to us. And, and some of them were a little bit skeptical, of course, right? And I remember that um, I would go into the houses and people would say, like, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, I like what you do and how much do you charge and would agree. And they'll be like, and then I, I fill out, like, my schedule with fake names. And I will tell people, like, oh, I cannot do Thursday. I knew everybody, like, I, I somehow understood everybody, like, Friday. And so I would say, no, these days I'm fully booked. I was not booked at all. Like, I would tell them I'm fully booked, uh, you know, but let me get back to you. I'm going to see if I can accommodate other clients to get you in my schedule. Man, you bet. As soon as I left the place, 10 minutes later, I was calling them and saying, oh, I have an opening Sunday. <laughs> and so that's <laughs> Because I didn't have anybody, but I wanted to, like, you know, people think, like, I'm, this is not my first client because nobody wants to feel that I'm just, you're just my first client. You have to trust me to get into your home. And so, I, rem I man, thank you for reminding me that. I totally forgot. <laughs> and then eventually, the schedule did get pulled to where we had to turn clients down. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was, in one of the stories is one of the things that did happen to me is that a lady led me to her home and she said, uh, you know, we agreed on a $60 and this is like a gigantic house. This is probably like a 5,000 square feet home, probably a little bit more about that size. And she said, um, you guys look like good people, but she was very strict. She said, um, you guys look like a good people. I'm going to give you the opportunity. And this is what you have to do. And she told us everything we needed to do. And she said, but if I don't like what you do, I'm going to fire you. Like, right there and then. As soon as we finish, we'll get fired. And But we, our necessity was so big. Like, I remember cleaning for $40 for like 10 hours for people. Because I needed to, to I get fired from jobs because I didn't have a number, a social security number. And I get fired after job, after job. And I'm like, I needed to eat. And so sometimes I have to be outside picking dog's poop for somebody for $40 for a whole day and cleaning her house and pretty much doing anything she wanted for 40 bucks. And at the time I thought, man, that's a lot of money, you know, because I, I was working $6 and worked 10 hours for $60 for $40 after tax. And uh, this lady said, well, I'm going to fire you if you don't do a good job. And so I brought my mom and me and like, we spend like a whole, like entire day, two people, probably like 20 hours, right? You're there from day till night. So you're really making not much. And I wanted to say that 12 years later, I <laughs> fired the lady. <laughs> so that was not that I fired her, it's because I stopped doing the business. And today I still visit her. She became like a, a mother to me. Uh, we went through. I, went, I got to see a lot of uh, her life journey, like her losing her son, being, you know, being at, at the funeral and, and things like that. I became closer to the people that I work with with so much respect. People treated me so, 
talk respectfully because in my country, uh, doing cleaning is really the worst, one of the worst jobs that you can do. It's really thin. And when I came here and I did cleaning, people like, oh, you have your own business? And I said, yeah, you know, and like shyly I said, I do cleaning. It, it was very, very, to me, just being here was beautiful in itself. It was just beautiful to be able to see things in a different light. So that's, um, that's kind of what, what happened. <laughs> and so how did you make the transition from a cleaning business to being this real estate mogul? Um, so when I started doing real uh, cleaning, obviously I was used to making very little money, right? I was used to making very, very minimal. Uh, where if I had a, a 25 cent drink, it really almost left me, you know, with, without 25 cents, which was a big deal. Um, so, um, I remember one time buying a dress and regretting it big time because then I didn't have money for gas. <laughs> that was not good because I needed to go to work. Um, so I was always a saver and my dream when I came here was to own my own home. I just wanted to own one and I started saving with that dream in mind. And so when I was making more and more money, I kept saving and saving and and doing other things, like I sold shoes, I, you know, I would lend people money. I did like as much as I could. And I saved $60,000 for my first home. And um, I went to the banker and I actually, I went to different banks uh, and I didn't have, I didn't have any, um, any documents. So I would go to bank and bank and bank. And I didn't know in my innocence, I thought that the bankers will not find out that I didn't have documents. And so I would go and give them all this paperwork. And then at the end of the day, they say, Ooh, there's something wrong with your social security number. And I did that over and over and over again. I went to many banks. And so I, I almost gave up. And so one, I remember one lady that told me, my brother just got a loan with this bank and he doesn't have a social like you. You should go talk to this guy. And that is the person that changed my life forever because I went to him and at this point I'm tired. You know, I've been to like 12 different banks. I better be truthful. <laughs> I, I go there, I show up and I said, hey, Chris. Uh, well, uh, you know, he, his name is Chris. And I said, Hey, Chris, I, I am self-employed. I don't have credit. I, I don't have debt because I know I always pay cash for my stuff. And I was very, very frugal. And, um, you know, I want to buy a house. I said, and he's like, well, we only lend houses with 20% down. Kind of saying like, I don't think you have them, you know? And I didn't know what 20% was. To be honest, I wasn't good at math. So like, Oh, I don't know how much that is. And I said, well, I only have $60,000, right? And he said, oh, you have $60,000? And I said, yeah. He's like, I think we can give you the loan. Because the house that, the houses at that point is when the market crashed. So I was buying in 2010 when the market was down. So I get this house for like 119, 120 about that price. I don't remember like so much I do. And, um, and I got a loan from him. At the closing table, the lady asked me for my green card, right? The lady at the title company. Now I know they are not supposed to, but then I didn't. And so I went back to the bank and I almost started crying. I said, Chris, 
I don't want this house anymore. And he said, why? And I said, because I don't have a green card. I told you I didn't have one. And it's not like I can go somewhere and buy one. Or, you know, I've been here for, I don't know, 14 years, whatever time I had been at that time with no documents. And it's very difficult to get them. And he called the company. He called the title company. The bank called the title company and said, I am taking the risk. You are just registering the house, like, you know, and so you you need to not ask her for that. And so he's like, he spent a lot of time on the phone talking to these people and then told me, go back. So I went back to the to the lady and I said, oh, Chris, you know, like I blame her, I blame her on him. I said, Chris told me to bring my, my passport. And she she had a total change of attitude. And if you look at the paperwork where I'm like my signature, you can tell I'm in panic. Like my signature is just like, you know, I'm just signing extremely nervously because I'm like, this lady's going to call immigration. I'm going to get deported for trying to buy a house. So I bought the house and I paid it off. Then I bought a second house uh, by the Salt Lake Community College, a college, you know, for like $80,000, four bedroom, two bathroom. Right now the property's worth over, over 200 and something. And, uh, and then I paid it off. And then I bought a third property and I paid it off. And this is not like I'm making a ton of money, but I'm like saving a lot of money. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard work. I remember when I got into the 10,000 small sacks, uh, small sacks, uh, Goldman Sachs, small business, the guy came with me to, to that house. I still have it today. And and he said, whoa, how do you pay off this house? And I said, do you know how many toilets I had to clean to pay this house? <laughs> And he's like, you know what? He said, I've never seen somebody so so humble like you. And I said, you know, I I just think that that's the truth, you know. And and everybody needs to own to what the reality is. I don't want to go looking like, oh, I have all this money because it's really work. It's really a lot of work, and it's not just me. It's the people that help me in my business. It's the people that encourage me and the people that didn't believe in me too. That was encouraging as as well. So then at the third house, I'm like, okay, I don't know if I want to be paying. If I pay houses off like this, and then I couldn't get the money out, by the way, because I didn't have documents. So whatever money I put into those homes, it had to stay there. And that was, I, I just knew there was a different way. So with the DACA, with the president, uh, President Obama, he did this, um, he gave, kind of like work permits to to people that came here undocumented but they went to school here paid taxes like they just came with this stuff and that's when i the very first day i received my social security number in the mail i immediately went online and i googled cheapest real estate school and that's what i did and and I don't recommend it. There was a reason why it was the cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I actually got into real estate, thinking that there's got to be a new, a different way, because I cannot be paying all these houses. I cannot be like working nonstop to pay. And, and, and yeah, in fact, there was. And that's how, you know, I got into real estate investing. And that's how I got into real estate. Oh, fantastic. I love your stories. You're so animated. I just, I could listen to you all day. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel sometimes like, how am, how am I still sane? 
I think any small business owner says that. Right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so yeah, that's really good. What's your favorite uh, business tool or or research resource that you use? Um, you know, for me, it's education. I think for me, my biggest. My biggest tool has my life changing, my most life changing moments, events have been reading about uh, business in general. When I was doing the cleaning, I actually did the cleaning myself also, and I would always listen to audiobooks. And I went through so many audiobooks in a week that they kept telling me, you know, work through your fears, do, do this, do that way. And that was my mentorship throughout this time. And when I got into real estate, I met a man um, by the name of Matt Atkinson. He's a very successful investor. And I felt like he taught, he's extremely intelligent. He has great communication skills. And I always looked up to him like, man, when I do, you know, big things, I want to be like him. And, and I would, I just admire him because he balances his, he takes responsibility for a lot of stuff. He takes responsibility for his marriage, for his business. He communicates well. He's, he goes at it. He educates himself. And, and I learned a lot from him. Like going, I would go like church. I would go to these meetings, uh, investor meetings, like no other. And all of a sudden somebody's pushing you because I was afraid. I'm afraid. You know what? I was reckless. That's the reality. I was buying homes. I didn't, I knew nothing. Cause once you go to real estate school, you just go to pass the exam, but you really don't have knowledge. And so I didn't know many things, but people kept pushing. Although I did lose money too. People took advantage of me. People would take advantage because they knew in a way that I didn't know. And not only that, but they knew that maybe I'm like, I'm dumb, you know, maybe I, they can take advantage. And I had a guy that stole $15,000 from me. He came and he said, let's do this deal. And, and I remember he drove by the house. I was actually cleaning a house. Like imagine how much, how many, how much labor it takes for you to come up with 15,000. And he came and I remember that it just felt wrong and I should have followed my intuition, but I don't know. I, I think I felt like too shy to say no at that point, but he came to me and said, Oh, you're doing great with what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. To me, that was kind of like a goodbye, you know? And sure enough, the man took the money, spent it. He's still in, in real estate today. He was always marketing to new investors. So I'm sure he's not, he not only did this to me, but he did it to others. I actually contacted the police, but they said, because you gave him the money, he didn't take it from you. That's a civil case. So I couldn't go. I went to an attorney that happened to be related to him who told me, no, don't, don't do anything. It's going to cost you a lot of money. So I learned the hard way too. I learned trusting the wrong people because to be honest, even though I didn't know, I still had the faith that I could make it work. And I was afraid every time I took a house, I wasn't really very educated about, I didn't know, but I did learn from all of that. Eventually I knew. Eventually, I knew that that house will rent well, that that house, if I did this, if I did that, how can I make it work? What do I need to do? 
And and so I learned by doing, really. And then at that time, I remember I was I was going out with this investor. Eventually, I met this investor. And I was going out with him, and he kept telling me and reminding me how bad I was. Like, you're not gonna make it. This is not for women. This is not for you. You're stupid. You're dumb. Like over and over. I'm like, I, this is a person that was abusive. He kept telling me this, and and you know what? One day I got to speak at the event where I actually, where I actually, you know, used to see him. And I always remember that. And I always wanted to tell him, dude, not only I couldn't do it, but I freaking made it big. <laughs> and so it's like a learned lesson for women, right? Because sometimes uh, we don't see our own self-worth. And I think for me, I struggled for a long time with that. And, and I was just very responsible. I was very hardworking. I had good ethic. I, if I told people I'm going to be there, sometimes we'd go sick and we'd be there. And so that in turn, in my mind, keep telling me I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Then I fulfilled my dream of having that home. Then I fulfilled the dream of living in a home from the people that I cleaned for before. They're having my own house clean. You know, and it's in that, but not forgetting about the other people that go with you in that journey. So that's, that's pretty much how I got into real estate. In, like, <laughs> <laughs> in a very long sentence. <laughs> but so many lessons for so many people to learn in that. You know, I, I think sometimes if you've had everything handed to you, you don't have any gratitude. You don't feel grateful for what you do have. Very, very true. To help other people. Yeah. And, and I, I do see that with uh, younger generations where for us it was, you know, what are we going to eat tomorrow? Are we going to have enough? Or, you know, we, we, I remember as little kids, we, my mom had enough for just beans and she let, she let us, watch for the beans, you know, like boil the beans. <laughs> and so we're like watching TV. And then this, this, uh, this uh, commercial shows up that says uh, magic beans, whatever. And then we remember we had, in fact, burned the, the beans that we were supposed to have for a whole week. <laughs> and like, you can only imagine the frustration of my mom. <laughs> because we like burned the little thing we had. And like, I just went back to my country after 23 years and seeing where I'm from, seeing the place, seeing everything. I can only be grateful for my mom to be strong enough to bring us to another country from coming from a very small town to bring us to have the courage to leave everything. She was left at the border by my uncle. He left her. He said, come. And when she was there, he said, I'm not going to help you. She was left with no money to move forward or go back. And, and just knowing that she had that courage. And this is why I don't understand why as women, we don't see our value. We don't see our worth. We don't see how powerful we are in everybody. And I speak of a woman because I'm one, right? I cannot speak of uh, in a sense of a man. But we love to see that. If we really look back, and we see everything we've accomplished, even as a mother that doesn't have a business, even just as a mom, how far you got in to feed your kids, to make sure they go to school. As a business owner, how many employees you have, even if it's just one, just taking that risk that most people wouldn't, 
I think we would appreciate ourselves more. I think we'll be more of our own friends. And, and in fact, I do believe that the more you work with yourself, the more you work with your self-esteem, the more you work inside, it's just going to come out. And the more you are willing to give, the more you're willing to give advice to, uh, to help others, the more you, and, and you're just going to receive blessings. It's just a fact, you know, the more I help, the more I'm going to get in return. So there's uh, definitely, uh, I would, would I leave all of this again? Maybe not, but I'm grateful I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause I did learn a lot and then, and, and I'm very, very grateful for, for the lessons, for having to wake up at three in the morning in the snowy days to be able to go clean buildings before the seven o'clock AA manager showed up, um, you know, from working at a hotel as a housekeeper and eating food from the people that left because we had very little money. And sometimes we didn't even have time to eat because we had to clean a lot of rooms, you know, uh, seeing my sister who went to work and cleaned 16 hotel rooms while she was pregnant. And it's just like all these life experiences, you know, when I, when, when my mom took us out of the house with 21 guys, she took us out and we had nothing. We didn't have a bed. We didn't have a, a, a dish, not even a spoon to eat. And I remember like saving, my mom would give me a dollar here, a dollar there. I couldn't work because I was only 14 and, and she like immigrants knew that if you went to work at 14, you probably can send back to, did you send back to jail because you're supposed to send your younger kids? Otherwise we would be working too. Um, and she would give me a dollar here and there and I saved the money. And that's the money we used to go to the second store and buy our first, like, you know, like utensils for our kitchen and, and no bed, no nothing. And, you know, that's like, I always remember where I come from. And, and this is why I always people realize that people are like, why are you not, you know, being this way or that way? It's because, like I said, I'm not the money. I'm just that, that was just. My journey was so beautiful that I can understand, you know, sleeping in a car, like sometimes in the snow, like I got kicked out by one of my boyfriends in the middle of the night with a house we had purchased together. And he just one day showed up and I, this is, I was very young. I was very in love. And he just said, leave, right? I took my dogs and I left. And not only I left with nothing. I had to start all over again and I had to sleep outside in the streets because my family didn't have much at the time either. So it's all these life experiences, not only in the business side, but in the personal side as a woman, what we're going through, right? When we have to still show up for work every day, I would like, I remember being heartbroken and showing up to clean houses and being crying, just crying and seeing my tears going to the top that I'm cleaning and just wiping and keep going and keep going. And that's the resilience everybody needs to have. It's just to know that we are here for a bigger purpose. For me right now, I'm no longer, I, I will always do real estate because I'm passionate about it. I love the change that happens of a house when I take it. It's almost, I see it like energy. I see a house that everybody rejects, but yet I come here and I make it beautiful and now everybody wants it. It's like giving a house a second chance, right? It's like ourselves. And so for me, it's just, it's just going into that healing space right now. I'm more interested about advocating for women, advocating for, for things for peace, advocating for, 
uh, being better citizens or being um you know less less of abuse um better things for us because we need to be responsible for the communities we live in well that sounds like you're such a a good strong shoulder for someone to lean on too do you have anybody that leans on you for support <laughs> i want to say yes i want to say that most of my friends know that uh, I'm here when they need. I personally believe that I show up, I check on people once in a while, right? But I, I, I show up more in times of, in difficult times for people because I feel that that's when people do need me. I feel that when they're happy, they're happy. And yeah, we can have happy moments too. But I feel more when they're going through something very, very strong. That's when you really show up for somebody because that's the moment that they really need you. In any other time, everybody's busy. They're doing their own thing. And there's this just connection with certain friends that you know that even though you don't see each other, you still love each other. And when you do get back and, you know, you hang out. But but I want to always show up for my friends when they need when they need me most and and i have crazy stories like one day showing up i gotta tell you guys this story one day my friend calls me and says that she's leaving this abusive relationship okay but she has some stuff back in the house that she needs to go get so she gives me a key to the house and I go knock on the door pretending to be a real estate agent. So I'm looking pretty with my high heel shoes. Can you imagine? I'm about to like take my friend's stuff and run with high heel shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I actually did knock the door and nobody came out. Nobody showed. And I'm, I have to go in there. And I went and I got my friend's stuff and like this ninja crazy stuff <laughs> that you just do for other women because I understood, right? I understood. I want to support. If somebody wants to leave a bad situation, I'm here for you. I, I you know, I want to, I want to get you in. And I do that for my family as well. You know, I try to, to uh, put positive into them and, and I'm very direct. So I may not do it the, in the proper way, according to their personality, because, you know, just in my head, it's like, what you cannot do that like sometimes i don't understand and that's kind of like a bad thing sometimes but i also want to encourage them like oh why don't you do this why don't you do that or, or why are you not doing this but i don't understand that sometimes people haven't built enough confidence within themselves to take that next step that next so huge and I think that, yeah, I, I, I want to say that people see me in that position of strength. And I do want to say that um, I, I was very blessed. And sometimes I used to joke, uh, I'm the strongest person you'll ever meet. You know, but I think, in fact, it was true. I was actually very strong in my life. I went through a lot of hardships uh, within my own personal life. I, I lost a baby. And, uh, and I remember wanting to, to die, right? Wanting to, I was bleeding out and, and the guy just walked out of me when I'm like losing my baby. And, and for me, that was devastating. I lost my home. I lost my baby. I, I still, I still felt pregnant with, with my baby. And, and it's just like, it's still wanting to move forward. It's still 
finding that light because we are all here for a purpose. Maybe we're here to inspire other people, right? Maybe I'm here for other women that are going through the same thing that don't know what to do. Or, you know, I had a friend that came a few days ago that was thinking about committing suicide because of what's happening, because he does see himself losing money and finances. And, and it's just like, life is more than that. Life is in itself has so much to offer us. And, and you are doing that right now, right? You are helping other women. You're healing other women by the work that you're doing, by showing other people's experiences. Because if I, we hadn't had this conversation, other people would have not known that in the world there's somebody that probably had it worse than me, and now I'm going to learn from them. And that's the beauty of, of helping others. Yes, very much so. I think uh, people have to have downs sometimes in order to get back up. Very, very true. Very true. But um, so just- I know that you're a voracious reader. So tell us about a book you've read lately. Wow. I've read a ton of books. But one of them that, that uh, I've read, uh, The Imperfection, is- well, I'm reading the Quran because uh, I kind of want to... That's a hard book. What do you say? <laughs> well, actually, they, they translated this book in Spanish. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not religious at all, but I like to see and understand what people are going through that. But I read this book, The spiritual, the Imperfection of Spirituality, um, and I actually have it right here. It's oh, I, And that book I liked. The, the spirituality of imperfection. That's the name. And then I'm reading the four spiritual laws of prosperity and I'm reading the path. Um, and so I, I read also one really good for women. Man, I just read it. Uh, oh man, I don't remember right now, but I just read one for women for relationships that I thought it was very, very good book. Oh, women who love too much. I like that book too. Um, so I read, you know, the art of choosing. That's really good too. It's taking responsibility of what you, what you choose comes with a consequence. So you have to take responsibility of that. Um, I like, I read in Spanish. I read it. I read a lot. So I'm all about reading and I just recommend to go and, and find whatever thing that you're struggling with and find a book that goes with that. You know, just maybe look for the bestseller on how to heal a broken heart or how to start a business or how to become more successful, how to be a multimillionaire. There's so many role models that we have. Stick to somebody that resonates to you and then follow that. And, and for me, it's a constant work with understanding myself and with healing and with helping and with giving and with all of these things. So I'm always reading about anything. And as much as I can, I'm listening to audiobooks. I'm listening to, if I'm taking a shower, I'm listening to those uh, TED Talks. And um, I, if I'm driving, I'm listening to a book or if I'm not on the phone. And, and so I, I constantly, absolutely uh, keep very uh, you know, adamant about reading and reading and, and learning because I feel there's not enough time in this lifetime to... Uh, to learn everything that we are going to, that all that information, right? And and I encourage people that knowledge is power. 
And in order for you to go that step ahead, for example, when I went to Mexico, I noticed that women were very much scared of leaving very abusive relationships because they were afraid of what's out there, right? And and the reality is when I saw them, the husbands are not providing for them. They're in fact just abusing them. And they have to go and hunt for the food every day anyway. But in their mind, because they don't have that knowledge, they think otherwise. And so knowledge is power as long as you actually take action with it, right? Because otherwise you can read, read, like you said, I'm like just doing this whole plan but never taking action. And so highly recommend it to read. <laughs> That's great. Lots of good books. Yeah, that's a book of great. Um, oh, so is there currently anything in your business that you're looking for help with? Um, right now, I'm actually selling most of my rentals. So I want to say that if anybody is looking to buy an investment property, this is more, I'm actually a bottom as an investment, but I'm selling it to the retail public. So um, I'm trying to get rid of about right now about 10 properties so if anybody's interested in that um i always look for mentorship i want to say uh, mentorship is something that i'm very uh grateful for i i've met great people that have been great mentors i'm always looking for that in my business um right now i want to say that i kind of retired for a little bit i was like <laughs> you know i was semi-retired i was just staying home working on more of my personal issues than anything but um, i'm waiting to see what happens with the market to go back into uh, more of the commercial side of real estate and uh, i'm writing two books uh, one of them is going to have my story i got approached by this uh, very successful company and uh, they wanted to take my story out to the world so we're working on that that's kind of a own project mostly on my part because I like tell us the stories and I'm like I don't know what to tell you <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I'm writing another story uh, for women and, and most of my books are going to be directed for women they're going to be inspirational and, and motivational for them and healing um, one of the books I'm, I'm working on and, and I, I would love for any women to, to send me their stories I've been actually marketing for this these are women that have lost their babies uh, uh, due to abuse. Um, and so if anybody can uh, or wants to share their story to the world, like they can send it to me via email to CorderInvestmentsLLC at gmail.com. I would love to share your stories to the world. Uh, um, and, and so that's kind of one of the books uh, that I'm working on. So that's pretty much what I'm up to, just like writing all these things. <laughs> Oh, gosh, it's been a pleasure today. Jennifer, did you have any more questions? Uh, no, I don't think so. That Those books sound great, though. That is awesome. And buy my books. <laughs> <laughs> buy my books when I have them. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I just want to be out in the world. I want women to know how powerful they are. I'm all about women empowerment, about about teaching everybody their own their inner light right and for these times difficult times of everybody freaking out we need to be the light as leaders we need to stand up for others we need to help people 
Um, I think for me, I'm advocating a lot about peace, about, you know, our own safety as a community. I come from a community where you couldn't walk as a woman at, at midnight because you can get raped or even just walking people touch you, you know. And so I, I live in a country today that I love because of that, because I'm able to walk at four in the morning and nobody's going to touch me. Nobody's going to, you know, I, I, do we have those incidents? Absolutely. It, everybody has them. But we feel very safe overall to be able to walk to the store. I travel alone all over all the time and I feel very grateful and and I just that gratitude and, and, and I'm working with my community to teach them to to feel this way, to be grateful for where we live and, and not going back and you know, and just being the best version of ourselves that we can be. And so with that, that's that's all I'm doing. Thank you so much for the opportunity of now now if if someone wants to get a hold of you, where should they go? Um, you can just find me on Facebook, Elizabeth Cordero, for anything that's related to the books. And if it's related to investing, uh, they can go to CorderoInvestmentsLLC.com or Cordero Investments LLC in, on Facebook, social media. Um, I do have um, just social media presence, but mainly just... You know, they can reach out to me that way or they can just call my phone at 801-548-0066. Just please call me for business matters. <laughs> I had some things that happened. Um, but yeah, I feel feel free to reach out to me and um, I would love to, to work with, with people. Great. Sounds good. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? No, not at this moment. I... Hopefully they get to read these adventures in full once the book comes out. And so I'm looking forward to inspiring other people. Um, I do, uh, I'm going to be doing conferences more. So hopefully people can attend and, and, you know, and can just learn a little bit from that. So that's it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for on our show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. For blog posts, business tips, and more, visit the Two Biz Chicks website at twobizchicks.com.